My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. There was once a little nail that was holding together two boards or two planks in the roof of a cathedral. It was a very famous Gothic cathedral and many visitors and tourists would come to look at the beauties of this cathedral. And this little nail would hear all their wonderful compliments to the paintings, to the architecture, to the structure. But nobody ever saw this little nail hidden in the roof holding these two planks together. And so this little nail decided to get out of his position. So he wriggled out of a situation where he was holding the two planks together and rolled down the roof and fell into a pathway beside the cathedral, which was sort of a gravel pathway. And so he was there, but then it began to rain. And with the force of the rain and the wind, the two planks became loose because now there was no nail holding them together. And so the planks became loose and the rain began to seep in through the planks and the rain, the water began to run down the roof and the walls of the cathedral. And there were some very beautiful murals that were there on the walls and they all got wet and they got destroyed. And an awful lot of the beauty of the cathedral was, uh, was damaged. The little nail was now in that gravel pathway that was now full of water it had become mud. People walking on it were pushing the nail deeper and deeper into the mud. The nail beforehand was hidden, silent, but very useful. Now the nail was also hidden and silent, unseen, but totally useless. And so the moral of the story is the importance of little things being in their place. Humility to accept where we are, to fulfill our role, to perform the little duty that we have been assigned to do. This meditation is about little things. He gave orders that the people were to sit down in the grass. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, raised his eyes to heaven and said the blessing. In breaking the loaves, he handed them to his disciples who gave them to the crowds. They all ate as much as they wanted, and they collected the scraps left over, twelve baskets full. Now about five thousand men had eaten, to say nothing of the women and children. To feed five thousand people is a, a big task. And our Lord did this with a few little things. Five loaves and two fish. He worked some of his greatest miracles with small things. There was a family once who had some visitors to dinner, and they had taught the five-year-old son to say the grace. And the father asked him to say the grace at the start of the meal, but he was a bit flustered with the visitors that were there. And so the father prompted him a little to say the grace, and he told him, well, just say what mummy says before we eat. 
And so the five-year-old piped up and said, oh God, why did I invite so many people to dinner? We understand the situation. It helps us to realize what it meant that our Lord fed 5,000 people. And not only that, but they collected the scraps left over 12 baskets full. There was an extra little detail at the end of the miracle. They might not have bothered to collect the scraps, but the fact that they did and that they filled 12 baskets showed the greatness of the miracle. Not only were 5,000 people fed, but they were fed in abundance. There was a huge amount left over. And our Lord and the apostles also had the, well, the decency and the charity to take care of that little detail of cleaning up after them, not leaving a mess. What do you think, said our Lord, if a man had a hundred sheep and one of them should go astray, does he not leave the 99 in the mountains and go to seek that which has gone astray? All through scripture, our Lord emphasizes the one. The individual is important. Very often he turns away from the crowds or stops doing what he's doing. He turns to the one woman of Naim, Naim to console her in her sadness and work a miracle. He turns to the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of his garment. Often he turns away from the vast numbers and focuses on the small, the insignificant, the individual. We're told in the talents he gave five to one and three to another and one to another. We're not told that he gave 500 or 300 or 100, but five, three and one. On another occasion, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful over a few things, I will place you over many. Come and share the joy of the Lord. And so the gospel of little things is written all over the life of our Lord. He wants us to live that gospel in the little things of each day. He entered the house of Simon and said, do you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she with her tears has washed my feet and with her hair has wiped them. You gave me no kiss, but since she came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you did not anoint, but she has anointed my feet continually. Wherefore, I say to you, many sins are forgiven her. Our Lord was well brought up. He expected certain details of warmth and hospitality. And when those little things were missing, well, he missed it. And so sometimes great messages come through small things. Pope St. John Paul II liked to say, we go to this great great spiritual mysteries through physical signs and symbols. That's what the liturgy is all about. Our church is full of little things, holy water, crucifixes, ways of the cross, incense, ashes, candlesticks, thurables, altar linens, 
all these little things enter the eyes of children. Do what you can in your local parish or outstation to try to keep the liturgical standards very high in material things, so that the sacred messages enter through the eyes of children. Knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, that he came from God and goes to God, he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, and having taken a towel, girded himself. Then he put water in a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. It's a rather incongruous scene. In the middle of dinner, our Lord begins to wash feet. Whenever feet are mentioned in the gospel, usually something very important is happening because we don't pay too much attention to feet. We look at people's face, their hair, their clothes. The last thing we look at is their feet, if we look at them at all. But our Lord washed the feet of the apostles. The leper that was healed came back and fell at the feet of Jesus. Mary broke the jar of expensive ointment and poured it over the feet of Christ. All these little things are very expressive. Christ does this little thing of washing the feet, but that is to become an example of service to the whole of humanity. As I have done to you, so do you also to them. At Cana in Galilee, our Lord said, fill the jars to the brim. To the brim. There are many things in life that our Lord wants us to do to the brim. To live virtues. To fill the lives of people around us with charity. To the brim. Kindness, patience, thoughtfulness, generosity, forgetfulness of self. John Allen, who wrote a lot about John Paul II, says he was a selfless figure in a me-first world. Cardinal Tucci, who planned his journeys around the world, once said he had briefed John Paul II hundreds of times on the details for his various trips. He said not once did the Pope ask where he was going to sleep, what he would eat or wear, what his creature comforts would be. And so the Pope put himself in second place, forgot about all those little things that he could have been so concerned about. We're told the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who in finding one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That one little thing was worth everything. And at the treasury, our Lord were, was looking into the hearts of the people who were putting their money into the treasury. And he saw a certain poor widow casting in two mites. He didn't look at the amounts, he looked at the heart. But the amounts, in some ways, well, were reflective of the heart. I tell you truly, this poor woman has put in more than all. For all these have put in out of their abundance, but she of her want has put in all that she had to live on. 
It was a little thing, but it was worth everything because of the spirit with which it was given. And so in our prayer today, we can ask our Lord for the grace to take care of all the little things in our life, possibly little things that other people don't notice too much. Often, perfection is in the small things, in the small details, details of our work, details of double-checking, not trusting ourselves that we've done a good job, but going back and having another look or getting somebody else with their objective opinion. I was accompanying somebody in a hospital once and two ladies came to clean the room. There was a small bathroom beside the small room. I left for a few minutes while they cleaned the room. It took about 20 minutes. And when eventually they came out and I went back into the room, the wastebasket was sitting on top of the table and it was full. I got the impression these two ladies had been talking a lot. And when they left the room, obviously they didn't look back. If they had just taken one quick glance back at the room that they had just cleaned, they would have seen the wastebasket sitting on top of the table, which was the first thing that I saw when I came in. And so often perfection is in the details, it's in double checking. It's having that second glance. A little act done for love is worth so much. It's not the little thing that's important. It's the love with which we do it. That's what brings the fruit. That's the worthwhile thing. And so sometimes little things become big things. When Simon forgot to give Jesus those details of welcome, the kiss of greeting, well, in many ways, that was a, a big insult, a big rejection. It was a small thing that he could have done but didn't do. Aldo Gucci, head of the famous cosmetic empire, was asked what was the secret of his success. And his answer was that at my door in Rome of my store, I have a doorman. And that doorman wears white gloves with which to open the door for every lady that comes into my store. And every morning when I go to my store, the first thing I do is I check the gloves of the doorman to make sure they're clean and white. Really what he was saying was that all my success in business is due to attention to little things. A German architect once said that architecture begins when you place one brick on top of another. Often great things come from little things, making a little start, making the beginning, placing one brick. One little thing after another and all those little things combined to be something great. There was a fellow walking along a beach one day and a lot of starfish had been brought up on the, on the sand by the, by the tide. And they were stranded there. And this little fellow was throwing the starfish back into the sea. And an older person came along and said, well, do you really think you're going to make a difference? Do you really think it's going to change the world if you 
throw this starfish, this one starfish back into the sea? Does it make any difference? And the kid said, well, it makes a difference to this one and to this one and to this one. Mother Teresa could have said, have said the same thing in Calcutta when she nursed and healed and helped to die all those rejected people that were there who needed care. Maybe I can't solve all the problems of the world, but I can make a difference to this one for the love of Christ. She was asked by a journalist once, your vocation is to serve the poor, isn't that right? And she said, no, my vocation is not to serve the poor. My vocation is to belong to Jesus Christ. Because of that, I serve the poor. Small little nuance, but full of meaning. Our vocations as followers of Christ is to belong to Christ. Because of that, we live our vocation in various different ways. We take care of my family in this particular moment or in this particular way. Or I watch out for this aspect of our home care, or this act of, aspect of our family uh, holidays or rest or weekdays or Sundays, or whatever it may be. We live out a whole series of little things because that's our vocation. And there's a grace for that. And paying attention to those little things, well, it can make a huge difference. Somebody once was typing a story of the journey of the Holy Family to Bethlehem. And they were typing that the Holy Family went from Nazareth to Bethlehem on a donkey. But they hit the wrong key on the typewriter. Instead of hitting the letter D for donkey, they hit the letter M. And of course, that made a huge difference to the story. And that's why we have to double check. We have to watch those little things because that can change an awful lot. If you ask any Olympic champion about the value of little things, the value of one second to Hussein Bolt or any other sprinter or long distance runner, and I tell you, one second can mean a huge difference. It can mean winning and losing. I was in another country once, and I, there was an election taking place, and the prime minister, who was a academic person, professor, um, well known for his uh, academic knowledge and very competent, was going out electioneering. But that morning he made the mistake of putting his shoes on the wrong feet. And lo and behold, there was a journalist who spotted it, took a photo, and so that appeared on the front page of the newspaper the following day. The Prime Minister with shoes on two wrong, two shoes on the wrong feet. You know? It didn't do much for, for his prospects. You know? I think he won the election anyway. It was a small thing, but it became a national issue. There's a song by a Spanish singer many years ago whose title was, I forgot to take care of the small things. It's a lament of a man whose loved one has left him. I forgot to take care of the small things. Often in love, the small things are everything. Women need to be told that they're beautiful. 
that they look well, that their hair has been well done by the stylist, by all these little things. Children need words of encouragement. Husbands also need little details of affection so that they feel loved and cared for as well. There's nobody in the world who doesn't need that little bit of care from time to time. And so the spirit that our Lord has given us doesn't involve looking for unusual things, but rather to make use of the ordinary things of each day that are within our reach. For most people in the world, the possibility of doing great things does not come very often or does not come at all. But the ordinary things of each day are within our reach all the time. Often humility, according to the spirit that God has given us to live, is in the care of those small things. I pay attention to this little thing because, well, this can be something great. This can be an instrument that God is using. And so the extraordinary thing that we seek is the ordinary carried out with perfection, with love. The care that we place in those small things is often the measure of our love. Love leads us to fill things to the brim, to put things back in their place, to return the book, to lay the table well, to make sure that everybody at the meal has what they need. It means generosity and finishing things down to the last details. So there are no jobs that are half done. We know this is finished, this is finished well. I can sign my name to this because I've double checked it. That means we take a certain pride in our work. Pride in placing the last stones. There was a story of a, a big stadium that was to be built for the World Cup in, in some country many years ago. And they started the, the major stone, the, the foundation stone. And there was a band to play and there was a big ceremony. And there were speeches and all sorts of important people were present. But then nothing really happened after that. No work was done. The whole thing was abandoned. Sometime later, even the foundation stone was stolen. It's easy to begin all sorts of things. To finish them is not so easy. But we have a special grace to help us to finish things well. Try and teach your children to finish their homework well. And if you look at their homework and check it, it's their work. They get a certain pride in seeing you compliment them on their work. The fact that you look at it is encouragement to them to finish it and to finish it well. Finish it well. It's a very good training in this virtue. Good example attracts. And often the example of virtue that we give to those around us is precisely in small things. Turning off lights in the home. Turning off water taps. Saving in electricity, not banging, banging doors so that they last a bit longer. Hopefully in our family life, others around us will be able to read the gospel of little things in our life every day. 
It means we try to answer emails promptly or telephone or mobile requests on WhatsApp or whatever. Because other people are waiting for that, for that answer. It means we think of others. We don't just function as we feel. Details of communication in the world that we live in are very important. Needs to be on time, needs to be clear, expressed well. Little things in our apostolate, our friendship with people can be important. Remembering the birthday or the anniversary, circulating good ideas, or the names of other people's children. Little things in our spiritual life like aspirations, living the presence of God during the day, taking care of our appearance, watching out for eating habits, so that people find us well, well-mannered, well-brought-up, educated, looking after the material standards of our house by taking care of things, doing small little jobs around the house like opening curtains or the jobs of other people to help them, John Paul II often gave the greatest messages of his whole pontificate in short phrases, the culture of life, the school of deeper humanity, the civilization of love, the sanctuary of life. Civilized behavior and communication in the world is often expressed in little things, please and thank you. I'm sorry, I was wrong. We have to try and make sure that material things in our house, well, that they work, they're in good working condition, prepared for the unexpected. Professionalism means producing our best work, irrespective of how we may be feeling. It's going the extra mile, making sure the client is happy, Double checking. Did the job that we do yesterday work out well? Getting feedback. Fixing things as soon as possible when they're broken. Buying that new thing. In all of this, we champion the cause of material improvement. And we help to give the silent witness of material things. That there is something divine in every human material thing because God made it. If you look at the influence of the great saints in history, well, often their great influence or the great legacy that they left was in little things, maybe in a book, maybe through individual people that they educated, things that they built, things that they said. Possibly a few things done in relation to the masses, large numbers of people, but often a great focus on individuals or on small things teaching high standards. If you look at the great work, social work of education and health care taken or uh, pursued by the, uh, the Catholic Church in the last 20 centuries, very often it's tied up in the care of little things. And so neglect of little things can lead to neglect of big things. Those little things are often the means to do greater things. The feeling that I personally am called to greatness 
is proper more to immaturity than to youth. We're not called to greatness. We're called to little things. We can be spontaneous and natural and secular, but we can also think that we don't need to be kind or punctual or orderly. The attention to the little is not out of pride. It's not I demand that this little thing be done in this particular way. The important thing is that it's done out of love. If we despise the little because it is little, then we can enter the pathway of pride. Often we have to be patient in little things, give people time to understand what we're saying, give a child time to, to grasp the idea that we're communicating. Fortitude in little things, sometimes repeating ideas those 500 times until some child gets the message. God uses the small, seemingly insignificant occurrences in life to build the foundation for greater things. One of the great events in the life of a child is the first communion ceremony. If ever you're preparing a child for first communion, try to make a big fuss out of that first communion. The clothes in white. If it's a girl, maybe flowers in the hair <clears throat> or the candle that they're carrying. or All those little details, external physical details that communicate the message. This day is very important. When I was making my first communion, my father said, I will allow you to do something today that I will never allow you to do for the rest of your life. I was wondering, wow, what great thing am I going to do? He said, I will allow you to sit in my place in the dining room table. And so I sat there feeling like a king. But then he kept his promise, never again. And so sometimes little things that don't cost money can transmit great messages. The difference between mediocrity and sanctity is often in those little things. I've seen pro-life groups in certain countries started with three or four people in a living room that went on to change the constitution of the country. Our Lord transformed the world with 12 fishermen. It's the little things that determine the big things. St. Teresa of Avila said, the Lord does not look so much at the magnitude of anything we do as the love with which we do it. Ordinary, little, does not mean unimportant. And so to pray, to smile, to work, to pass unnoticed, can all be very important in the building up of a new civilization, a civilization of love. The problem with little things is often that they're little, and so we may miss them or forget them or not notice them. Attention to little things can be the result of rigidity, giving in on little things. 
We shouldn't impose them on others. Make an effort, we're told in the forge, to respond at each moment to what God is asking of you. Have the will to love him with deeds. They may be little deeds, but do not leave any out. You must instill in all souls the heroism, the heroism of doing the little things of each day perfectly, as if the salvation of the world depended on each one of those actions. When Our Lady went to her son at Canaan Galilee and asked him to do something very special, she was never going to ask him to do something like that again for the rest of her life. And it wasn't for herself, it was for her friends. And she seemed to get a no. But then she went to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you. And they did. And so the first great miracle took place. Because of those simple words of Our Lady, Mary, may you help us to take care of all those little things that God places in our hands every day. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.